0: Welcome, everybody, to our podcast where we are unpacking some of the practices that we've been talking through and working through this last year. Practice is the word for the year for 2023 for Mill City Church. So we've been going through these different series, unpacking things like practicing community. What does it look like to practice community? What does it look like to practice generosity? Practice scripture, and then we have just finished practice slowing. And the goal and the reason we're talking about practice is because Jesus says at the end of the Sermon on the Mount uh, that his disciples or the people that are following him will hear his teachings, but the wise and foolish disciple are separated by whether or not they put it into practice. So, of course, we want to be wise disciples so that when the storms of life come because of the integration of the practice of following and walking in the way of Jesus' teaching, uh, our lives aren't blown apart. So we've been talking about these practices that we integrate into our lives that help us to integrate the teachings of Jesus. And so slowing is one of them. We need to slow down from the frenetic pace of life in order to be present to God, present to ourselves, and present to one another. So today I'm joined by Roe Dodgen. Uh, Ro has been a part of our church, her and her husband, for a couple of years now, and I feel lucky that Ro and Jim are a part of our church. Uh, Ro is a spiritual director, has worked at Biola University in California, and so comes with a lot of um, experience, if you will, in relationship to slowing, and so wanted to have a conversation with you and have you add your wisdom and expertise to this conversation. So welcome and thank you, Ro. You're welcome. So maybe just as a little backstory and people to get to know you just a bit, for those who don't, uh, kind of talk about uh, some of what you've done and a little bit of your journey.
1: Well, I've done a lot, so I don't know how to answer that question, but I grew up in Wyoming, way in the boonies, and I grew up in a home of domestic violence and my mom was mentally ill. And I'm the oldest of four. So at a very young age, I learned that to stay busy and stay out of her way. And my dad used to say, my gas pedal was stuck to the floor. Mm. And I never thought that was a compliment. Um, so I went off to college in Kansas City and became a Christian. Met Jim shortly after that and um, became a teacher moved to Iowa, then we moved to California. And when we hit California, a lot of things changed. Uh, The culture was really hard for me, for one thing, and I had to go to work full time for the first time. And um, then our marriage hit a a wall, uh, and we had to go through some major changes. So, um, and then I started on a journey of trying to understand the internal world more. Both of us were on that journey. And then I went to school to get my master's and became a adjunct faculty, and I started working with treasures with women coming out of the sex industry, and uh, we had a homeless ministry, and and then we moved here.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'm so <laughs> glad you're here. <laughs> and you. so uh, tell me just a little bit or talk about your, you know, you said you, you were pedal to the metal, uh-huh. and part of that was maybe out of, protection
1: absolutely and I I wanted to share that because I've not always been uh, geared towards solitude and silence
0: yeah so talk about the journey towards that
1: okay well in 1987 I did my first solitude retreat it was a one-day one and it was wonderful um, and God really spoke to me and he I knew we were moving to Iowa And he told me when I get to Iowa, I wasn't to do anything. And I knew that it was really him, because I had been doing everything at the church. Mm. I mean everything. And I was exhausted. So we moved to Iowa, and I didn't do anything at the church. I just attended. But then we moved to California, and some of that, what I was feeling, stopped because I was so... Engulfed in the culture and trying to figure out who I was in California.
0: When you say engulfed in the culture, do you mean like the speed of things? or
1: it's fast. Um, The women dress totally different than women in Iowa. Um, Everything's a lot more. Sports is like almost every day. Mm. It was just, and it felt like people were not their true selves. Mm. Uh, A little bit more false pretense there
0: okay all right so you're in this faster moving culture Mm -hmm. and so what did you do or what what was Mm -hmm. happening there
1: Mm. um well I I I quit teaching school because God told me I felt like he was impressing upon me that it was time for a change and I did not know where he was taking me and then someone that teaches at Fuller who's a friend of ours uh, encouraged me to do my, this Master's degree. So I s- looked at the the curriculum and I was really excited because I really believe in my heart that I'm called to walk with people spiritually and I just didn't know there was a word for that. So I started sc- going back to school and the first year I knew that um, I need to stop everything and try to get to know who am I really because I was afraid that my social justice mm-hmm. work was coming from a false place. That was really what I was worried about. And that was when we were required to do a 48-hour retreat every semester. So that was my beginning of retreating. And so... Um, By yeah.
0: yourself in silence. Yes. Okay.
1: And usually you go to retreat center or you can't do it at home. And uh, you can plan something if you want, but you don't go and read books. So um and that was really the first one was really hard and I was really afraid <clears throat> but after a while it changed and um
0: What were you afraid of?
1: Um being alone. And I think I many years later in counseling I recognized that being alone reminded me of my summers. Mm-hmm. Um, living in Wyoming, and there's a lot of loneliness. So I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I went on to do several larger retreats, and then I started working at Talbot. And
0: Now, a larger retreat, let's put that in context. I happen to know that a larger retreat was a 21-day silent retreat. Yes. That, like, blows my mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so... We talk about that a little bit. I realize that the vast majority of people are not going to do that Mm -hmm. for lots of different reasons, Mm -hmm. Um, but talk about that and maybe, and maybe whether it's that one or maybe reference even some, whether it's a day or some of the others that you've done, Mm -hmm. but like what, maybe what would you, what have you experienced Mm -hmm. um, at what would you encourage? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, it, a lot of people at Talbot Seminary in the spiritual formation program have done three week retreats. So it, I was surrounded with them coming back and talking about what they experienced. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to try that. Mm-hmm. And the first one I did in Santa Barbara at an Episcopalian um, retreat center. And it was, and I would call my spiritual director at home. I didn't have anybody else to talk to. I mean, you're not supposed to talk to anybody, but you can talk to a counselor or okay. a spiritual director. Because, you know, it is. it can be damaging if you're not ready for it. Mm. So um, there was a a theme for that first one, and it was definitely God loves me, and He wanted me to experience it in the depths of my heart. And it was a gentle retreat. Um, I painted and I wrote poetry, and uh, I did some Ignatian exercises and um, practiced using a prayer rope, which I'd never, my spiritual director had given me one. So there was just a real sweetness about Mm -hmm. it, and uh, I will say I was scared to death again the first three days, and the fourth day, um, Jim, I wasn't supposed to call him, but I called him, and he said, well, Ro, you need to let go of that fear and, and be where you're supposed to be, and I went to sleep that night, and I had a dream about the runaway bride, and it was me, and I, I won't go into all the details, but when I woke up, I knew God was saying, you're here because I want you here and you don't need to run. Mm-hmm. So that was, and I didn't have fear after that.
0: Mm.
1: And then that, th- the journey of understanding uh, God's love for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The second retreat I went on because I felt like I needed to dig into some deeper psychological issues. And that one was in Gig Harbor, Washington. It's, it's designed to be alone for 21 days in a house with nothing in it but your Bible and a journal, and you can bring art supplies. Wow. And you meet with a spiritual director Monday through Friday, and I met with him at 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) And then you you buy your food before you go in because you don't get to leave, and you're only allowed to walk slowly. So that was – both the retreats were life-changing, but that one was really – painful Hmm. um i had really never addressed the mental illness of my mom and how abandoned i felt and so most of the retreat was about who am i because of that
0: Mm.
1: and unpacking um god's plan for my life in spite of that and and i had lots of beautiful dreams um i had some miraculous experiences and I think that's one of the things about doing a longer retreat, your, what you experience is your internal world f- becomes very quiet. Mm. And I can't explain it unless you go on a retreat and actually experience it. And I have discovered, and also with walking with other people that retreat, that at first you might not get there very fast, but once you do get there, you might get there faster than the next retreat. Mm. So that has been a real gift.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When talk about, you just mentioned the noise and this, you know, like the quiet. I mean, for some people to think of three hours mm-hmm. by themselves in silence and solitude might be as scary as let alone three weeks. Um, talk about the need to quiet the noise.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think a picture of that is um, if you have a, you know, a jar with dirt in it and you shake it up you can't see anything in it right so if you let it sit there long enough then the the dirt will end will settle in the bottom and then you can see what is actually in the jar Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what happens on a retreat if you stay long enough Mm -hmm. you will quiet hopefully unless there's something else going on Mm -hmm. and then you what comes up is you begin to notice things that you need to address So I think that's one of the biggest values, but it is scary. And I appreciate that you've invited people to start with five minutes. And it really does need to start with five minutes and then maybe 10, maybe 15. And I would encourage people to try three hours Mm -hmm. to go your favorite place in Fort Collins or the mountains and sit and just maybe journal, but be quiet and let God speak to you. Yeah, and, and the B. noise is just all of the um, – well, I have an article by Dallas Swillard, and he talks about stimulation, and it's a great article. And we're so stimulated.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: why we have a hard time quieting.
0: Mm-hmm. We're just
1: used to that.
0: Yeah. Um, you've mentioned a couple of times now, as you've talked about, whether it's a one-day or a three-week time away, you've brought up your story. So maybe talk about the ways, can you talk about how, like, how your story gets involved in trying to slow down?
1: mm mm-hmm. um, Well, I liked going fast. I have, I have, I think my natural personality is I have a capacity to do a lot of things. Um, but I don't think that's what God wants. So... What was the question? (laughs) Yeah,
0: how's your story involved in navigating, trying to slow down? Uh
1: Uh-huh. I think when I started realizing that slowing down is a gift and that when I know myself better and I know God better, I can do what he's called me to do. So that's probably a longer story, but it took me a while to recognize the gift in that.
0: Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we think of slowing, sometimes, depending on somebody's personality, they might think lazy.
1: Oh, yeah. I would have told you it was lazy. And I did, I did have one experience that really showed me myself, and I broke, I was four wheeling, actually up at Grand Lake, and I broke my hip and my shoulder, mm. and I went home, and... I was not going to stay in bed and I wasn't going to let anybody help me. And I was in a lot of pain and um, I looked back at that and I realized after that experience that uh, I need to wake up and let people help me. Mm. So that was a, another part of God inviting me to be aware of what I need.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned somebody you know, like encouraging, start with five minutes. That's a good place to start. You know, you don't start with three weeks. Um, how, how would you, like, how would you encourage somebody to structure, whether it's that five minutes or like how to, how to engage it, engage five minutes or three hours mm-hmm. or whatever. You mentioned like anything from journaling or, or whatever. Is there a, whether it be a state of mind or a way to, to enter it? Um, any input you would give on that?
1: Well, there's lots of of retreat books out there that can give you a guideline. Uh, But I do think sitting in quiet is a little bit different than going on a retreat and Mm -hmm. having a plan. Mm -hmm. So I think they're both important with lots of space to let God do what he wants to do, not what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, five minutes is beginning to see if I can quiet enough to pay attention and sit in the presence of God's love. And I don't know that you can explain what that feels like until people try to experience it. Mm-hmm. And if it's hard for them, then they need to have someone walk alongside of them mm-hmm. and help them unpack what is coming up for you that's keeping you from being able to be mm. quiet. Yeah. And that's where a spiritual director would be helpful. A counselor... Because sometimes in silence, all the abuse we've experienced can Mm -hmm. come up. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, I think when you first go on a retreat, you need a plan. Um, Meaning, not I'm going to read five books and I'm going to do this and this and this. I mean, when I get there, I'm just going to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to. If so,
0: somebody were to want to do, let's say they wanted to do a Mm -hmm. 24-hour something like that mm-hmm. is there a, like one book that you would recommend or two they should say uh, going I would encourage ret- you to read this ahead of time
1: uh-huh going on retreat is one um I'm not prepared with the author's name that's all right <laughs> I have a couple but um that is one thing a spiritual director sometimes will mm-hmm. do is help you plan a retreat by asking you well what do you need right now mm-hmm. what are you hoping to experience and and that could you know like I don't experience God's love, so they might suggest that you spend a lot of time in the passages that talk about God's love for you, mm-hmm. and then journal how you experience that or something. But
0: One of the things that I've experienced as I've um, developed and cultivated the practice of sitting in silence, which I do every morning uh, with God, and then there's longer times otherwise, but the daily kind of morning silence... At first, I think I found, like, just the, it's just sitting quietly, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But I found that the, the impact was in the cumulative effect. Would you say that that's been true for you? Absolutely. And can you speak to it in a greater yeah. way?
1: Well, it's just the same as, it's not just that practice. I mean, you brush your teeth every day. You probably don't even think about it. Yeah. But it does have an effect on what's going to happen at the dentist. You read your Bible, hopefully, at least some of it every day, and it changes you with mm-hmm. time. And um, you just have to practice something if you want it. If you want to understand the value of it,
0: yeah, yeah. Even
1: if you do it poorly, and in fact, that's something. Um, uh, I think it was Ignatian said, "Anything worth doing is worth doing poorly." Absolutely. So go for it. <laughs> and there's
0: always more to learn and grow in.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: It's so uh, funny to me that you talk about yourself as like the accelerator to the glue to the floor. Um, because I've only known you for a couple of years, so I didn't know you when you were younger, but but I it's it, I don't experience you that way. Hmm. Which I guess in some ways is a testament to mm-hmm. the power of God mm-hmm. through this practice. Yeah, You are a very calm presence and... Hmm. And you, I, and I also know you do a lot. Um, you know, you're not sitting around eating bonbons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, you're very engaged with a lot of different people and involved in different retreats or different things that different people are doing. Um, and so, so I, I just want to, I guess, I just want to say, like, that's such a beautiful. You're a beautiful reflection of the mm-hmm. reality of that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the, I think you've mentioned it already, but either some of the things that you have found to be obstacles to this, Mm -hmm. uh, things that have been a struggle for you in this, Mm -hmm. or that other people might find in struggle because you've been a spiritual director, Mm -hmm. you've done this with other people. Mm -hmm. So maybe talk about some of the common things for yourself and others. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I, You know, we all are gifted in a certain way. We have spiritual gifts, and we have other kinds of gifts, and we know that all of our gifts have a shadow side. Mm -hmm. And one of my gifts is mercy. And before I came here, that would get in the way if somebody has a need, uh, particularly walking with the women that came out of the sex industry, or we had some homeless friends. Actually, we had quite a few. And if they would call and say, I'm in trouble, that would... That would take precedent over being
0: Mm.
1: on a retreat. Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn to be recognized that my gifting can keep me. It's a temptation Mm -hmm. to not do what God wants me to do. It's different now. My life changed so dramatically when I moved here. Um, And I have a lot more time to be quiet.
0: Because so did that... did. Did maybe taking time for yourself feel selfish versus helping somebody who was expressing need?
1: Yes. And and I I can say that, but I also know that just because someone has a need, I'm not necessarily have to Mm -hmm. fulfill it. Mm -hmm. But I've had to really internalize that because I still struggle with that. But it's different here. I'm not involved with... Mm -hmm. The homeless, I'm not involved with treasures uh, as I was before. But what comes up here is, uh, and it goes back to your story. Almost everything goes back to your story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my story, I've always wanted a family. So my, my family doesn't never gets together. They never mm-hmm. did when my parents were alive. My brothers live close by me here, and they don't want to get together. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of our family. And so I have longed for that with my own children. So um, they, you know, they graduate and go off. And one moved to Raleigh. My son moved to Amsterdam. My daughter moved to Northern California. So when we moved here, I was excited about having family here. And our oldest son is living with us right now. And our daughter lives here with her Mm -hmm. husband and kids. So that is the challenge now is... If my daughter asks for something, I will do it. Mm. I won't say no to her very mm. often. And um, I realize that's a temptation that I need to address. Mm. But I see how it's related to my story. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think of the, like those, the... What you mentioned are good things. Mm-hmm. Whether in California, great to help yeah. women coming out of sex trafficking or sex industry or homeless mm-hmm. or your own family
1: mm-hmm.
0: whom you long to be close to. Yeah. So not nothing bad. No. Um, and yet the ways in which we have to navigate how to yeah. say yes at the right times and say no at the right mm-hmm. times. Um, and, and yet it, I think one of the things I've learned, and maybe you can speak to this too, is if I can actually spend time in slowing down with God, I actually become more valuable to the people that I do end up saying yes to and spending time with mm-hmm. i can I can respond out of a more present place, a more calm place a mm-hmm. more connected to god place um so it i I think I say that to say that slowing down for that for for those reasons that we've talked about um then doesn't just become a selfish. I just need my, I just need me time, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, that's actually me time for you time mm-hmm. would you
1: well i I could see how people might think it's selfish, but it's necessary and um, Jim and I always try to put retreat days in our calendar and we actually do it six months ahead because we know it's gonna something'll we'll try to push it out mm-hmm. and um I love, I love solitude and silence. Uh, I, of course I've grown to love it. So I don't want it to be pushed out, but I also love other things. Yeah. But I do, I know the value and I know I'm a better person. Mm. And for example, I had something that happened last week and I couldn't put my finger on what was bothering me. Mm. Something had happened and and it was in solitude just having the time to pray and ask God to show me what what did that trigger what am i believing about myself in that moment and if i sit long enough god gives me the answer mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be a couple of days but i know he will show me mm-hmm. when i'm if i give him the space to do that
0: what I hear you saying is, it also to sit in silence and solitude, or go to God in those in that space, requires trust. Like, like you just said, I'm I'm going to hear from the Lord at some point somehow. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's part of training, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: God wants to train you to hear Him, and um, we can give you three ways to do that, but you need to actually practice it to yeah. find out what does it feel like for God to speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of different for everybody I think but yeah. you start with reading scripture prayer getting involved in a city group <laughs> Yeah. finding ways people. to connect and yeah. community is a big part of mm-hmm. helping you understand who you are in the presence of God
0: yeah this is so great, thank you so much for sharing your story and insight um, I pray and believe that this is helpful for Uh, different people in so many different ways you've said so many different things that i think oh that that was great and i'm sure you know that each person will pick up a little something so so thank you thanks for sharing your wisdom uh thanks for uh your time and thanks for being a part of our community um like i said at the beginning i'm so grateful and Mm -hmm. and love that you're here so would you end um or would you by praying and just praying for maybe people who are struggling to enter into that or mm-hmm. I'm doing it, but I don't like it or whatever. Just kind of a, mm-hmm. a prayer for uh, for even for us as a community um, sure. to slow down and, and engage in what God would have for us.
1: Yeah, I'd be glad to.
0: Thank you.
1: <clears throat> so Father God, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, you know each of us so deeply and so completely. And I just pray that people that are longing for a deeper relationship with you, that you would lead them into how to spend time alone with you, that they won't feel like it's a duty, but something that they're being invited into. And I do pray that as a community, that Mill City can be a community of helping one another find those quiet places so we can go deeper into our love for you and understanding how our story interrupts that at times. So I just pray for our willingness. I pray against fear. I think fear is a big challenge for all of us and I know you say, do not fear. And you you are the ultimate one to lead us wherever we go. And so I pray for Mill City people that they will be brave and and they will start with five minutes and and start with 10 minutes and then 15. And, and that they would talk to other people that ac- actually practice it so they don't feel alone. And we just thank you for your goodness to us. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Ro.
1: You're welcome.